Welcome everyone to All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast 244, recording this on the 8th of February 2018. I am Steve Litchfield. With me I have a guest podcaster, I have Mr. Matt Lacey. Hi there. Hi there, Steve. Hi everyone. I'm sure you'll get Mr. Rafe Blanford back next week, but in the meantime, Matt is a very welcome member of the podcasting team. So we're going to rattle through some of the stories and letters we've had uh, in this week. In fact, we'll start with a letter, if that's all right. It's from Lewis Anderson. He says, I just enjoyed Podcast 243. And thank you for your efforts. I tried using Hear Maps at the weekend on my Windows phone, and but became disillusioned. I typed in a, a street name. I think he's talking about the Windows 10 maps, actually, not here, uh, which uses the Hear data, just for clarity. So he's using Windows 10 Mobile with the Windows 10 maps, but which licenses the Hear data. He says, I typed in a street name and the app failed to find it. Even looking, he says, I assume, at the downloaded maps I had on the phone. I tried various alternatives and it only seemed to find the obvious popular tourist streets. Postcode searches are no problem. It found all of them. But what happens if you don't know the postcode of the street you're trying to find? I deleted the downloaded maps, tried searching for streets using the 4G network, but still no success. Now, I had a bit of an email discussion with Lewis and I did find a workaround. And it is clearly some kind of underlying mismatch between the maps used when you do a quick match so if i can explain uh matt you, when you type in a search name like i don't know high street basildon or something you start typing in high street and you start typing bas for basildon and up pops uh microsoft maps gives you uh high street basildon as a the great it's quick matched where i want to go and it does this for an online search um, and you tap on the, the the suggestion and it says no searches no matches can't find this street. but the, you just gave it to me you just offered me that particular street how can it not find it and it seems that it's a, a mismatch between the database being used online um, by microsoft which presumably is is a slightly different format the, the, the database on on the device which you've downloaded um, and we're used by Windows 10 Maps. So obviously it's something for Microsoft to sort out. Hopefully they can fix the online version. But in the meantime, the workaround turns out to be quite simple. Um, having had the no matches, you simply uh, tap on the, the, the search again and resubmit that search. This time, rather than go to the quick match, it just finds it in your local downloaded maps and it finds it, for, it, finds it again. So a bit of a convoluted workaround map, but at least it's possible. It's good to know it's possible. It's one of um, search is one of these things where you think it's simple, but the more you look into what goes on under the hood, the more complicated things are. And because of that complexity, there are always or to seemingly always issues with um, search algorithms. I know the store, the Windows Store, was a, a good at this in the past. You'd start to type something in, it would autocomplete, and you go, "Oh, I found it! I found the name of the app I was looking yeah. for." And you click on that, and then it would search and not find it. Yeah, yeah. Which was, you know, a similar thing. Um, um, it's good there's a workaround um, when it comes to maps. I always rely on more than one provider Yeah. Um, if I'm not familiar. So, you know, the, the web's always a good backup. Yeah, and just to give people a, uh, an idea of how complicated this sort of thing can be, I mean, you've got two completely separate databases of, of the same country, one on Microsoft servers used by one part of its code and one on the device used by a different part of its code. And it may be as simple as, uh, you know, the commas, commas and space convention for a particular country or whether there's a period at the end of the, the, the name, whether the capitalization is correct, something really trivial um, that is causing the, the two not to match up. 
as I say, it's, it's, a, it's a computer science problem which just needs cleverer software and better attention to detail. And it's curious that it works for some countries, not others. Again, pointing to the fact that the data in some countries would have been compiled with a bit more tender, loving care, and others just, uh, you know, the odd comma, the odd space, something's gone, gone astray in the mix. Yeah, the data for different countries will also be from different sources, potentially, as well, which can yeah. also add to the complexity of how it's filtered or cleaned um, yeah. so it's in a different state. Yeah, and you probably heard last week, Matt, uh, Rafe and I chatting about the fact that the, the, the Here Maps data, which is licensed, obviously, by Microsoft, that appears to be at least a year out of date. So it begs the question, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that Microsoft is kind of winding down its own maps offerings on on the desktop on the web and, and of course on mobile and you know they'll just say okay everyone go and use google maps it's better or do you think it's just a temporary problem and microsoft will license some more up-to-date maps i i couldn't speculate um it will come <laughs> down to usage it'll come down to do people actually use the maps app on the desktop because that's where the volume of users potentially will be if there are lots of them then it's in their interest to keep the data up to date if there aren't so many then it's probably a low priority and budgets get spent elsewhere. Yeah, but as I pointed out with Rafe last week, there must be lots of applications. I mean, you're a developer um, which use the various um, Windows Maps APIs. And wouldn't developers get rather cross if all of a sudden the maps being served up by Microsoft APIs are actually quite old maps and they're missing good roads? Potentially. I wonder how many apps there actually are which use the data just from Windows directly and don't also build for other platforms or run on other platforms and therefore get their data from somewhere else. If I was if I was building an app which used uh, mapping data, I would want it to run everywhere, not just on Windows. Um, I would look for a data source which I can use everywhere. Okay. Uh, and then, by the way, Lewis carries on, finishes his letter by saying, my phone is the Lumia 640 on a, uh, build 1703, which is the creator's update. It sounds like apps may one day require 1709, the uh, full creators update, as a minimum build, so it might make more sense to stick to maps via Edge rather than continue to rely on apps. I think you'll be okay with the core uh, Windows maps, uh, Lewis. It does actually beg question, this is a very much a frequently asked question that, uh, over the last few podcasts, as when applications um, built by developers such as yourself, Matt, when they will start to require a version of Windows 10 on mobile that is higher than the version your phone's got. So, um, for example, the, the applications that you build or that you're aware of, um, what, what, what do they, which version, which branch of Windows 10 do they require as a baseline on the whole? So the, the general recommendation for Microsoft, which is what I tend to follow, um, unless I want, is to target the current release and the previous release. So which means creators update as a baseline. Um, partially that's because Microsoft wants to encourage the use of the new features, but also um, based on your sort of usage numbers of how many devices are in the wild, um, that yeah. gives you most of them and access to the newer features. So it's a, a balance between building software that runs for everybody and therefore starts with the yeah. um, oldest SDKs and also getting some of those new features. And I think as it'll, if you're stuck on an older version of the DOS, it yeah. becomes a problem of getting new apps. Support for old apps won't necessarily go away. Um, I said, not unless the entire Windows app goes away. So we've not seen, I've not seen people pulling older versions of the app. They just leave the old one there. The newer version just targets the newer versions of the OS. What happens and what people notice um, apps disappearing is where a company pulls the app entirely. Um, yeah. And that just comes down to support. Yeah. yeah. So let's say you've got an application. Um, we'll call it blogs for the sake of argument. And you have created it originally for, say, Windows 10 back in the anniversary update 
days, Windows 10 Mobile, people are using it happily. You then decide to rewrite it for, um, to take advantage of some of the new features and you then put in a creator's update baseline. Um, does that mean that people who do have phones stuck on the old anniversary update from 2016, does that mean that they, if they go to the store, they'll still the store will still serve them the old version of the app, but people on creator's update will get the newer version of the app. Does that make sense? Yes, that's what will happen. Well, that's a great reassurance. So I was worried about that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, the anniversary update, by the way, are people on the Lumia 930, 1520, 830, a whole raft of really popular uh, classic Lumias. Um, I have been investigating whether they can still get onto the creator's update because, um, of course, that is very relevant to what we're talking about. I did a tutorial uh, this week, kind of reprising a previous tutorial, but I've updated it significantly. Uh, and the answer is yes, you still can. Microsoft have left the, the Windows Insider builds and the loopholes and the provisioning. All of that is still in place, even early 2018. So you can now take a 2013 Lumia 1520 um, classic device. Uh, we started out on Windows Phone 8.0, I think, probably. Um, and you take it all the way up to Windows 10 Mobile Creators Update, and thereby it's supported and patched and so forth, and uh, APIs are compatible until uh, uh, 2019. So that's a, a pretty it's great, Matt, isn't it, that the Microsoft have left all this in place and not just said, OK, the insiders builds are dead, so we'll actually pull all the servers and pull all the provisionings. They've, they've left it all in place. They've left it all in place, but I think it's very much on your own head, be it if you have issues. Yeah. Um, you know, with a 1520, that's a four-year-old device now so, yeah 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 and i guess you can't guarantee that they are going to leave all these files in place at some point in the in in say i don't know this is speculated now but at some point in, say july 2018 some manager may say why are we still keeping these servers going for the windows 10 mobile um builds um when you know we haven't had a build for over six months let's just pull it pull it all down no one will notice because there are no insiders left on mobile so you can see at some point this year that may happen so if you if you have got a one of those classic lumias then do do it sooner rather than later because at some point that that loophole going rather slow ring etc etc that will all go away i think yeah definitely yeah, but in the meantime, you know, once you get onto one of these branches, you can you can just stay up to date with the, the Patch Tuesday monthly updates. Yeah, it's there now. Don't rely on it being there in the future. I think that's the, <laughs> indeed the indeed. summary. And now I seem to have Matt a, a limited edition ultra rare device in my hand because I've got the Wiley Fox Pro, and as you uh, may have spotted during the week, they've uh, Wiley Fox as a company have had all sorts of problems. Ne never mind. Um, them delaying getting the Wiley Fox Pro out. We wondered at the time what the what the, the problem was. I, I speculated that they'd had a very small initial production run, which had sold out and then had to wait for thousands more to be built over in China. And I think that's probably right, except that it's, there's now probably not going to be thousands more coming from China because they've got into administration generally. And um, they're, they're an Android-based uh, smartphone manufacturer on the whole. Um, of course, uh, quite well known in the UK, but they are funded by the Russian banks, as um, many people have now pointed out. And, and if, if they'd put um, buy Wiley Fox smartphones, we're funded by Russia on their website, they probably wouldn't have sold very many. But it turns out they were funded by a Russian bank who have now pulled the plug. So basically they've got no money um, and such they've gone into administration. So I suspect it's unlikely now we may see the pro actually come into full production, which is a bit of a shame. But any comment on the Wiley Fox saga? Yeah, I was very sad to see uh, or to hear this announcement earlier in the week. Um, I had an Android Wiley Fox back when they were running the Cyanogen OS mod, oh, Cyanogen mod OS, and yeah. I, I really liked it. I thought the, the quality of the devices was really good. Um, for the price point, they were really competitive. It's a shame that they've gone. Um, I am disappointed I didn't manage to get my order in for the, 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 the Windows device just before Christmas, but um, they'd sold out before I managed to... Um, 
to place my order. Um, and it's it's sad. It's sad because they're probably the last Windows mobile or Windows 10 mobile manufacturer. Yeah, you're very welcome to borrow my pro, by the way, if you want to have a play for a few weeks. Um, I, I think I'll survive. Um, <laughs> so it'll just it'll just bring up too many sad memories. Yeah, it's it's pretty low end the Wiley Fox Pro, but it was yeah. nice nicely done for the for its target market, which was businesses. Um, I did hear a rumor, by the way, this is word on the street, this is speculation, but take it with a pinch of salt that originally the Wiley Fox Pro, which I think made an appearance kind of behind a glass panel sometime. Was it EFA last year, or it might, it might even have been before that, uh, at one of the trade shows, um, was yeah. actually created um, because a, a particularly large organisation, you know, said we we want to carry on using Windows 10 phones. So can you can you please make us? I don't know. I'm guessing now, but something like ratio of ten thousand or fifty thousand. And Wiley Fox said, yes, no problem. We can do that. We're a manufacturer. We'll we'll have a go. Um, and then the organisation changed its IT strategy and that became uh, not needed anymore. So they were then stuck with the design and presumably some orders from the factory. And they said, I know, we'll just widen it out and uh, and offer it to a wider range of businesses, not just this one organisation. I think that's something how it went. That does kind of ring true. I'm still hoping to get an interview with the guys behind Wiley Fox and go over in depth, you know, how this particular phone was created and, and the story behind it. But I guess now they're in administration that everything, all, all, all bets are off. Well, it might, it means there might be some people with some free time to talk to you. Um, <laughs> that is the plus side. <laughs> on the plus side. Yeah. It's, it's sad news. It would be very interesting to hear how it all came about. Um, and they were, yeah. they were a manufacturer who were much hyped when yeah. they appeared three years, two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's sad to see another manufacturer go, yeah. um, Selling hardware or phone hardware is a very competitive market and it's very hard to make money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's good to have competition and sadly we've lost another manufacturer. And a British manufacturer, come to think of it, yeah. yeah. Well, not to, get too, not to get too <laughs> patriotic, but I think they only had about 20 employees, so it's not... You know, it's not a big hit for British industry, but um. <laughs> I know. But it's it's nice when you have a British company like these. Are, this forthcoming um, Planet Computers Gemini sort of Scion-like PDA stroke smartphone, which I'm I'm very much I've had a hands on. I know it runs Android, but it is relevant because it's kind of a similar form factor in many ways to the old Nokia communicators. Um, and uh, again, they're a British company, but of course, ninety nine percent of the stuff underneath the hood is is done in China in terms of manufacturing and and logistics. So, uh, but yeah, it's got a British brand, a British name on it, and that's why I, I champion Wally Fox. And I loved my Wally Fox phones. I had four or five of their various Android handsets, and yes, a bit of a huge shame. They are c carrying on trading at the moment. Their website's still up, um, but of course, the administrators have got to decide whether they can turn things around and find other funding and then and somehow keep it going and resurrect it or whether they just sell it off for bits and i think that's uh usually in these cases they sell it off for bits and everyone goes their separate ways yeah uh, it, it's as wiley fox is a group of organizations and they've just shut down the european mobile phone side of things yeah um but what that means for the the wider the company i don't know yeah yeah um right on happier news um skype UWP, uh, the Windows 10 app, finally works. <laughs> they <laughs> After a, an embarrassing series of um, bugs, first of all, Sk uh, Skype was compiled and released and published with the, uh, the, the front camera, the camera used for making Skype calls normally. Um, your image was upside down in video calls. It's a bit embarrassing. It's clearly, they hadn't checked it. Absolutely zero quality control. So they went and fixed it, except that the fix had the rear camera upside down. 
So then we all complained, and they've gone back and issued another update. This time, both cameras are the right way up. You really couldn't make this stuff up. It just seems like they're Microsoft. Uh, they've got one person testing this, and that person is basically playing, uh, you know, video games all day long and spending five minutes actually doing the testing. But it, rather embarrassing. But at least it works now. Let's let's focus on the positives. It's good. It's now fixed, um, and it means they are fixing bugs. So we can. Um, um, I'm sure everyone's got lots of other suggestions for things they can improve as well, without too much of a dig. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice in the feedback hub that, it, or perhaps you up, upvote some a problem that other people have reported. Um, it actually says in there, um, "Thank you, we have received your feedback and are working on it." And I'm not sure how long that message has been there, but it's good to see that at least there's some kind of manual flag that someone at Microsoft sets when they've acknowledged an issue and they've put it into their internal database of things to fix. So uh, and I think the feedback hub is still worth it and still relevant. Do, do you make much use of it? I don't use it a great deal, um, but I understand the value of it, having seen how some of that information makes its way through to the various teams um, and people actually building the software. Um, it very much depends on which bit of software as to how much of an impact it makes. But I, I think at a, an OS level as well, particularly on the desktop, um, there is a lot of a lot of um, feedback gathered that way and a lot of attention paid to all the reports that are submitted. Yeah. Um, I think with mobile the way it is, there's less attention paid to it, and it's got to be a, a serious bug to, to get um, to get fixed now. But yeah. it's it's definitely not to be ignored. Um, and it is the way you should submit feedback if you notice anything in any app. And of course, yeah. if you if you do notice an app, uh, a bug in an application, a Microsoft app, then of course it may be relevant to the desktop version as well. You know, as, as these are UWP apps, um, the same application on both physical platforms, then you may notice something on phone, but it also affects people who are running the same application on their Surface Pro. So it's still worth reporting very much, I think. Um, right. As, uh, now, the, relevant to all this is that the insider rings are still going, as I mentioned earlier, the, you know, the, the provisioning images and the different devices jumping on and off, even though there are no more actual compiled builds going to be coming out of Microsoft for future versions of Windows 10. Now, you still get the, you know, the, the monthly updates and so forth, but no more actual insider builds for mobile. But um, I, I do question whether people actually need to be on them at all. The, the, the old idea was that you'd stay on, for example, the fast insider ring, because you've got earlier access to lots of other applications, versions of Office Mobile, um, new versions of the Store app, uh, new versions of Skype and so forth, new versions of OneDrive. They typically release those through the Store to the fast-ring insiders, thinking, okay, these guys are all in it for the very latest versions of everything. They're, 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 they're good at testing stuff. We'll give them the first access to the applications. That does seem not to be the case now. I've got um, a, a fast-ring Lumi 950XL in front of me and uh, my production status uh, Idle 4 Pro. And the Idle 4 Pro has got more up-to-date versions of most of the apps, including the store, at which point you think, well, there really isn't any point in leaving any of your Windows 10 smartphones on the insider rings anymore. There literally is no point because you're going to get the more the, the, the monthly updates anyway. And I suspect they're not that you're actually falling behind with the application updates. There's clearly a provisioning table of some kind at Microsoft end in terms of which app updates get pushed to, quote, rings and and devices. Um, and I, I've just noticed, I, I cannot dispute, I have a store of a version that's a whole version number higher on my production device than the version on my fast ring insiders device. And and the old uh, the, the, the excuse would be, well, we're, that's because the, the fast ring device is about to jump to a whole new branch of Windows 10. So we're testing that. But it's not. There, there are no 
major new branches of Windows 10 for mobile to jump to. So clearly, it's simply that these fostering insiders uh, devices are kind of being forgotten in terms of provisioning of all these application rollouts. So my advice again, yeah, just stick everything on production, leave the insider program, and uh, you'll get the app, app updates. And yeah. I have been testing, Matt. I've been camera testing again. I know, I'm not sure how much you follow my uh, camera head-to-heads, the uh, classic Lumia 950 in this case, against the Huawei Mate 10 Pro. And uh, the Mate 10 Pro did pretty well, but I still reckon that 950, 950XL camera is still top of, top of the pile. The only device, in fact, on AAWP over the last year or so that has topped the, the classic 950 was the Apple iPhone 10, and that's only because it had the dedicated zoom lens, which worked really rather well, and that's kind of cheating, you could argue. But uh, yeah, the Mate 10 Pro did all right, and it's certainly the 2018 sort of a, the device du jour, as it were, and that many people are loving it, including myself. I'm reviewing it here for my phone show. But yeah, that classic 950 camera, I think, still is uh, king, king of the world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it, it's a very good camera. Um, the attention you pay to the differences between the cameras is of vastly um, more detailed than I, I pay. I, I, I don't try and do anything complicated or clever with the phone camera. Point and click and not to worry, well, not worry too much about the settings. I, I am um, a little OCD, it, it is true. Yeah. Specialist knowledge, specialist interest, shall we say. Yeah, it's surprisingly popular. The, the the most you know interest, the most comments normally come on my camera pieces, and there are clearly people bought the Lumias in the first place partly because of the Nokia cameras, which were uh, for many years, which were the pick of the crop. And and I and the the ironic thing is they're the the ex Nokia engineers at Microsoft who designed the 950 camera. I, they still produced a device that is the pick of the crop in terms of imaging in many many ways. So I'm going to carry on testing this anyway. At some point, a device will have so much processing power, so much optic power, so many extra GPUs and, and, and neuro linguistic machine learning image recognition, all of that. That at some point the Lumia 950 will be toppled. But I I suspect it uh, it won't be until the end of this year. Anyway. Yeah, I, I think the difference is that the Nokia cameras were always really, really good and so much better than everything else. And just the bar has been raised yeah. for, all, for all the other manufacturers that they, they're all now doing something which is, is you know, totally good enough for the, for, for the majority of cases. Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually just one of my other pet hates, of course, or pet loves, if you like, is, is testing audio, both headphone audio um, and also speaker audio. And one of my pet hates about my 950XL and the 950 is that they've got a completely rubbish mono speaker on the back and it's good to see a lot of the modern uh, certainly android phones the flagships the competition there um, a lot of them are either coming with proper stereo speakers now or at least this sort of faux stereo where you you turn the earpiece into a left channel stroke tweeter and then use the bass speaker down the bottom so i i, I the 950 xl is still a great phone in many ways um but it's it's just complete rubbish for watching a youtube video in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> yes What's your main phone at the moment? Um, I am rocking back and forth between uh, an iPhone 6 Plus and uh, Wiley Fox Android. And neither of those seem to be running Windows 10. Uh, I have a 950, which is also <laughs> on my desk. Um, I, I would use, I'll use all of them every day, but the 950 just for a, a small number of things now. Yeah, I, I, I tend to run two SIMs. Because I've just got two lines basically, and one sits always sits in a Windows 10 mobile phone, and one usually sits in an Android phone, depending on what else I'm testing and playing with. And uh, but it, I have to say, I still stick to it, Matt. That uh, although people talk about the quote app gap, and I acknowledge that there is an app gap for specialist stuff and shopping stuff, and 
boutique applications. But for 95% of what I want to do day to day, the the Windows Phone, and this my case, the Idle 4 Pro, um, works absolutely fine. There are the, the, this has, some of the applications on Windows 10 Mobile are actually better than the applications I find on Android. They're certainly they're prettier, they're easier to understand. Maybe it's that I'm familiar with the UI more, but uh, I, I don't think that the the app gap is is critical to me personally. And and I, I guess we're all different. But for for me, I, I could quite happily live on Windows 10 Mobile for a week at a time before I really missed that one application that I just couldn't couldn't find at all on on Windows. Yeah, I think the the idea of the app gap is. Is, is passed. Um, we know there are some things you can't do on Windows. If if that's the end of the world for you, then yes, the app gap is a big deal. If it's not, then you can use something else. Um, is is there a way to do something versus is there a way to do something with a specific brand of application? Um, and I think that's the big difference. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Certainly brands and Windows 10 Mobile don't tend to go together. <laughs> You're often yeah. reliant on some developer in his bedroom coding up a, th- a third-party client for a, a service which uh, otherwise has got 100 million users on an- another platform. But there we go. It's fun. It's fun. Um, but talking of Android, uh, I had did another spot on the Microsoft Launcher, which has been going great guns over on Android. Uh, you say you've got an Android phone there. Do you use the Microsoft Launcher? Um, I don't because I tried it out when it first came out, um, didn't like it and turned it off again. Um, I'm aware it's changed a lot since then, so I, I haven't read this article you've written, so um, I shall read it again with interest. You haven't read the article I've written? What sort of podcast guest? No, no. <laughs> I would encourage it. It's got this fluent design um, with all the transparency in it. It basically just looks beautiful. Part of the reason we like Windows 10 Mobile I would argue is is that it just looks so pretty, especially on the AMOLED screen phones and uh, on a on a modern Android phone. This Microsoft launcher, you don't get the you know the live tiles and the start screen and all of that UI, but you do get a lot of the ideas and the idea of making the interface and the fonts just look just look beautiful. And I'm, I'm a big fan of this Microsoft launcher. So yes, do do give it a try. I will, I will again. At the time when it first launched, it seemed too much of a hybrid caught between two things. It caught too much trying to be trying to be Windows Mobile but not really fitting in on the Android and not quite Android enough to fit in with everything else there so hopefully there's a they found that balance better now Okay, we have a couple of things uh, before we finish uh, one is uh, you wanted to plug the Windows Developer Day and the build for 2018 has now been announced so do you want to just uh, introduce when these are, where they are and who they're for? So both developer focused events uh, the windows developer day is online on um, the 7th of march um and it's where we're expecting to hear announcements about what's going to come in what's also known as rs4 so with with two versions of windows released each year so for the last year that was creators update and full creators update for each one for each release we tend to get two announcements so from a developer perspective we get a this is what's coming and this is what's now available so the Windows Developer Day will be a this is what's coming for developers in the next version of the platform, which may also be of interest to non-developers just to understand what's coming to Windows as, as a platform in the next version. And then Build is the big annual conference held over in Seattle um, on the beginning of May. Um, and we'll hear more about what's coming in the future and beyond. Um, so both have a developer focus, but also um, a device focus as well. So we might hear some devices and these rumours of a small tablet with telephony capabilities um, are obviously where a lot of people are hoping to hear something as well. Are you going across to Seattle? I um, I will be in Seattle for the Developer Day, which is when that's being broadcast. Yeah. 
coincidentally, um, I I haven't yet persuaded my wife to let me go to build. <laughs> you just happen to be in Seattle coincidentally. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm there for another event and okay. the, the, the scheduling just meant it happened at the same time. Yeah, I always seem to be stuck in Reading coincidentally. It's, it's, it's very boring. I spent most of my life in Norfolk, and that's very boring as well. But um. the, I, the the ironic thing is that I used to get uh, regular invites every year to the likes of Mobile World Congress and the various trade shows across the world back in the uh, sort of mid two thousands when Symbian and Nokia were in the ascendant. Uh, and at the time, I had a young daughter, and I was looking after her as a home dad. And of course, I, I just I just couldn't get the arrange the logistics. I, I hardly ever went to these things. Uh, now she's all grown up, and, and uh, I never get invited to anything anymore. So. So I'm kind of jealous of your uh, jet-setting across the world and meeting the the top bigwigs at Microsoft and finding out all the latest. Very, very jealous. It's it's not as frequent as I'd like, but uh, I maybe get to, I maybe get to go to Seattle once a year. It's probably not as glamorous as uh, I, I imagine either. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, finish off with a letter. Andrew Manning says, "I've only just started listening to uh, podcast two four three. This was the big." hour-long podcast last week with Rafe Blanford, which I would encourage people to listen to. We really enjoyed recording it, and we covered a lot of ground. So uh, so Andrew says, <clears throat> it's very interesting. It's a good point about the recency of security updates for Windows Mobile 10, a mobile OS that's wandering towards the door, yet still being more up-to-date than on many Android devices. Um, as the show progresses, he says, I listen, I'm particularly interested in three areas for my Nokia Lumia 1520, the device I mentioned earlier. Three questions. First of all, one, when will support for Microsoft apps stop? So one note in particular. Number two, when will hardware updates for my 1520 stop? For example, the camera. And number three, when will specific third-party apps stop working? For example, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Lounge. So taking those in order, when will support for Microsoft apps stop? I mean, the built-in UWP apps are also used on Surface Pro and laptop and so forth. Um, I think they're going to be carrying on updating updated uh, Matt, I suspect for a, obviously one, two, three years, at some point the, the minimum a, API level will mean that they'll need, uh, you know, full, full creators update or even what's beyond that. But I think I think he's good there for on this 1520 on creators update. I think he's good there for at least a year or two yet with the app. Yeah, for, for Microsoft apps, I would expect them to keep working as long as the platform is supported yeah. officially. And the hardware updates, the 1520, I mean, he's talking there about the Windows 10 camera, which is a special case, although it's a Microsoft app. Uh, obviously, updating a camera application requires really tight integration with the hardware and also masses of testing is one thing that Microsoft has shown it's not good at doing with Windows 10 Mobile. So I don't think we'll see any more updates apart from catastrophic bug fixes of some kind or compatibility fixes. Uh, no more updates to Windows 10 camera. So uh, I think that 1520 camera will stay as it is now for forever. Yeah, you know, it, um, a lack of updates doesn't mean anything's going to stop working, though. So your your three and a half, four year old camera is still going to keep taking pictures. It's still going to have all the features it has now. I, I wouldn't expect things to go away. Yeah, and the the Windows Ten camera on on all of these phones is, I think, is far more stable than the third party cameras. I've been trying out ProShot and OneShot and other apps. And as a as a, a rule, they're all pretty unstable. They all require lots of RAM to work. Um, obviously, camera apps do that. <laughs> they process these large images and 
and uh, shoot uh, l l high resolution videos, they need lots of RAM, they need lots of hardware. And that means that if it's not baked into the OS, then it's got all sorts of problems fighting for resources. And then as a result, these apps crash. Does that sound like a reasonable theory? Uh, yes. Yeah, so anything that uses a lot of RAM, which obviously processing large pictures do, uh, yeah, yeah. does make them more susceptible to, to bugs and makes them harder to test. And I think that's part of the problem that these small independent developers um, don't have the resources to test as fully as as might be necessary in many cases. Yeah, yeah. And it's not as simple as just turning the phone off and turning it back on again to clear RAM because quite often the the processes are limited. And I mean, you, as a developer, you maybe you can confirm this. When it, an, a particular application doesn't get the whole of a device's RAM to play with, it just gets a particular maximum subset of that RAM. Is that right? That's correct, yes. So the, you know, yeah. you, the app can't stop the phone or the underlying OS doing things so that the OS always needs some amount of processing power and RAM available to it, which means that the third-party apps can't get everything that things like built-in core apps like the camera can. Uh, his third question, when will specific third-party apps stop working? Well, this is, a di again, a different question because it's down to the individual developers. I mean, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Lounge, quite a few of the apps that people are using are either, uh, I'm generalising here, but either Silverlight apps from the Windows Phone 8.1 days or they're fledgling UWP apps that the developers were, or companies were experimenting with and they may then decide to pull resources and not do any more versions. Uh, and and as you said earlier, it's entirely up to the developer whether they just leave an old app in place and accept the fact that they might get a few uh, random support queries from people who then can't get it working and that might be a pain or whether they think, well, okay, we'll just pull the whole app, take it from the store and then, then we can... We don't have to worry about support queries anymore. So it really depends on the individual titles. Uh, it, absolutely. I think one of the way to, or one key indicator of whether something's like to be pulled is if it uses an online service. Um, so of the examples he's, he's given here of Audible, Spotify and Podcast Lounge, Podcast Lounge sits on your phone, doesn't need to communicate with any servers other than the, the ones providing the podcast. It works perfectly fine as it is. Even if it went from the store, you could still use it on your device without a problem. If Audible changed something or Spotify changed something, uh, which meant that the app couldn't communicate with the server correctly or in the, the new way, then that stops working. Um, because if they change something, they have to change the app to work with the new version as well. And so those things are more likely to go away sooner. Um, but it, it's all going to come down to, to money, whether they change things elsewhere and how much support um, effort they have. Yeah, yeah. The, of the ones he's talking about, though, they are still working. And uh, to be fair, I've got about 50 or 60 third-party favourite apps on my various Lumias and Idle 4 Pro, and all of them are still working, um, obviously. And if, if any of them don't work, I will report on it. There are many doom and gloom stories posted on various sites. And, you know, d application XYZ has been pulled. And usually if you dig but down, it's an app that hasn't been updated for three years. Hardly anyone uses it. It was written in Silverlight for Windows Phone 8.1 anyway. I'm more concerned when a UWP app gets launched and then pulled because that, as you say, means that they just, they've just they deallocated resources in the company and they've decided to stop putting any manpower at uh, updating it, updating the uh, compatibility with the APIs. Um, but that doesn't seem to happen very often. That really is the, the, the un un unusual, I would say. Um, yeah, uh, the third-party apps, it's down to the individ individual developers, Andrew, but hopefully... Uh, hopefully it won't be too catastrophic in the short term and I'll report uh, on the site if anything really major in the UWP world uh, stops working. Andrew finishes his letter by saying it's a shame that Windows 10 Mobile is going. I love the UI and the apps that I use. My Lumia 1520 is over three years of excellent service. 
I've got Android devices that haven't been updated that I've had more recently and some that now won't work with apps such as Audible and Pocket Casts, with very little likelihood of an update. And I don't want to flash the Android device concerned. And he says on 4.2.2, which I think is a very, very old version of Android, so I'm, I'm wondering which device he's got, mm. <laughs> because of the potential risk to hardware optimizations for audio. So, yeah, there's there's plenty to recommend Windows 10, 10 Mobile, as he said there, is you just don't get the whole mobile experience in 2018. And if you're trying to compete day-to-day with in terms of applications, services, and the full gamut of modern communications, as you found yourself, Matt, then... In your case, you've gone with an iPhone and Android device and the Lumi 950 has been sidelined. Um, I'm finding it's only part sidelined, but I guess we're all different. Of course, and that's a good thing. <laughs> it It'd be a shame if we were all the same. So thanks for your letters, Lewis and Andrew. It's great to have uh, emails that we can respond to and also feedback on the site and on stories. Um, so do keep the letters coming in. You can get in touch with me, uh, slitchfield at gmail.com or on Twitter at Steve Litchfield. Don't forget the T in Litchfield. Uh, where can people find you online, Matt? Anything you want to, you want to plug? Um, find me uh, mrlacy dot uh, com or on Twitter, or uh, those are the main places I I reside online. Um, nothing to plug at the moment. I'm busy building developer things. Yes, and, and I presume they're sort of enterprisey developer things, not consumer apps that people can go and look at. Um, yeah, not not consumer things at the moment. <laughs> if you ever do, we'll plug it to high heaven. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, thanks, Matt. We'll catch you next week on the podcast. Bye for now.